Thank you. Thanks so much. Go ahead and have a seat. Um, man, what a pleasure it has just been to be here the last 10 years and to, um, to really just be a part of this church. And uh, this, uh, many of you have become our family over the last 10 years, and we're so grateful. Um, and just as I kind of make my way just through the thank yous, um, I, uh, when I was ordained back in 2007, I uh, forgot to mention my wife, and so I'm going to thank her first. So thank you, Trina, uh, just for all your support. I've learned my lesson, <clears throat> uh, but seriously, without, without you, I wouldn't be the, the man uh, I am today. I, I may not even be in ministry. Um, you've just been such an encouragement to me, so thank you. Um, Greg, uh, you've been, where, where did you go? Oh, there you are. Uh, you've been a great mentor, leader, teacher, um, but most of all, you've been a great friend, and uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Um, elders, um, just thank you for giving the 21-year-old version of myself uh, a shot, and uh, just uh, believing uh, in me that I might have potential uh, moving forward, and, uh, and also just for your support over the last uh, 10 years. And church, thank you for embracing me and my family and allowing me to try out some bad sermons and some bad jokes on you all. Um, you know, this church has uh, just incredible potential, uh, just given the close proximity of Lincoln Christian University, and that's where I came from, and, and several other of our staff has, has been to, um, just to be a, a development incubator of a, a safe place to come um, and to serve and to, to work and to lead. And uh, I know there are a lot of churches out there that don't have the kind of culture that we do. And uh, it's allowed me, I think, to flourish in kind of a safe environment. And, uh, and I would just encourage you all, as, as new leaders come in, as students come in um, and, and serve in this church in various capacities, that you would just embrace the young leaders that you would encourage them and, and challenge them and, and mentor them because you all have a lot to offer and, uh, and would just love to see them continue to invest. And uh, also special thank you to uh, uh, Dr. Stephanie Kluver and Gage Lyons who helped me with my back situations last week. So anyway, on to the message. Moses. You, you, most people know that the story of Moses of the Old Testament is pretty extraordinary. Starting out with his birth as a baby, uh, where he was born into this very uh, politically sensitive time where uh, the Pharaoh had commanded all of the, the male children uh, to, to be killed. And, uh, and so his mom kind of hid him for a while, and then when he got too young to, or too old to, to be hidden anymore, she sent him down the river in a basket, and Pharaoh's daughter found him and raised him as her own. And uh, just an incredible uh, scenario just in that. And, and then later on in his life, after, after some, some bad times, uh, later on in his life, he's tending sheep. In the middle of the wilderness, he's minding his own business when he notices a bush that is burning. And this is what God says to Moses at the bush. Exodus 3, verses 7 through 8, it says this, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the 
from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. See, this morning we're talking about God's calling. And I want to share our story of how we've made the transition to go to Cincinnati. But I want us to see here that Moses' calling was in response to a need or a pursuit that God saw in the lives of his people. So Moses hears God's proposal to rescue the Israelites. God says to Moses in verse 10, I will send you to Pharaoh. That's not a very exciting thing. And then in verse 13, here's Moses' response to God. God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? He's trying to, to just propose to God a hypothetical situation. Now, what if I were to take you up on that? You imagine that conversation? And then trying to convince God that he's not the right guy in chapter 4 of Exodus. In verse 1, Moses says, What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Or in verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since. You have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And yet, despite Moses' inadequacies, despite all that he struggled with, despite his, you know, his faults in the past, God goes on to do some absolutely incredible things through Moses and despite Moses, really. Well, how about Jonah? Another story that most of us know Verses 1 through 3 of the first chapter of Jonah says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from God, away from the Lord, and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port, and after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. God calls Jonah, and Jonah's response is to run. Jonah's call, like Moses's, though, was God's response to a great need or a pursuit of God, a great need of, of God's people. God wanted to, to restore the relationship he knew that the Ninevites could have, and so he sends Jonah to that place to do his work. Then the word of the Lord, this is chapter 3, and I'm just going to read the whole text because I think it gives us a great idea of what happens when people submit to God's calling. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city, and it took three days to go through it. Jonah began by, go, by going a day's journey into the city and proclaiming, Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God, and a fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. 
When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. And when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. Jonah, a, a, a man who, who just immediately fled from God's calling on his life, eventually through God's extreme persuasion, went and obeyed what God asked him to do. And look what happened. The whole city, the whole city repents and does an incredible thing because he followed God's calling on his life. Now, I want to give you just a disclaimer that I'm in no way trying to elevate myself to a place that would be equal with Moses or even with Jonah, but I do want to tell you a story of how an ordinary person like myself, I didn't say normal, just ordinary person like myself who has heard God's calling. Several months ago, Trina and I, we just began to feel this stirring even a restlessness of some kind just in, in our lives. And, and for a, a brief moment, we misinterpreted that by thinking that it was time for us to move uh, houses to just a different place in town. Uh, and maybe it was the three boys that are always underfoot in our house, and maybe it was the, the three bedrooms and knowing our family was going to expand and, and not really sure everything that was going, but we knew there was some restlessness there. And so we thought about moving, we thought about, you know, what is God leading us to, but we just didn't feel right about it. And so we waited. Now, I don't know if you remember, last year we did a series in here called Extreme Prayer. We went through uh, a book that gave us ways to pray and, and just different ways, and I, I think that was really impactful for, for both Trina and I. And one of the things that, that we read was just pray specifically Pray for specific things and pray big prayers, expecting that God is going to come in as long as it relates to his will. So on October 18th, I received a phone call from a good friend of mine letting me know that he'd like to recommend me for a position in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. Now, full disclosure, I was not super excited about the proposition. And honestly, neither was, neither was Trina. As, as we heard that, we thought, God, that is not someplace warmer. <laughs> we were praying specifically for something warmer. But we thought, you know, if, if we're going to move, um, you know, what, is, what does that even look like? And so after several discussions with the church and after talking on the phone with their uh, some of their ministry staff, and then having a, a phone or a video conversation with them, they invited us to come over to visit. And I remember just almost the sinking feeling that I felt when I got the call that they wanted us to come visit. It was, it was not dread, but it was just uncertainty. 
and just not knowing it. So in my mind, I made up a list of reasons why this role doesn't really make sense, why moving doesn't really make sense. Now, the first one is that our families are only 45 minutes from here, which means that they're far enough away that they don't stop by unannounced for a visit, but close enough they can come babysit. And this Cincinnati, Ohio gig is now four and a half hours away, and now that means that they're going to be coming to stay with us. And we love our families, but that's going to be a change in dynamics for sure. Uh, you know, also, you know, my wife and I, the furthest we've ever lived away from home has been Lincoln uh, when we were at school in Lincoln. And so it's going to be a, just a different dynamic of being further away from families, and especially now with grandkids for the grandparents uh, will be especially tough. Also, we've, we've made friends here over the last 10 years that are lifelong friends. And moving away from that kind of thing is, is very difficult. Also, Clinton, Illinois is a great place to, to raise a family. It's safe, it's comfortable. We have a great church that we're serving in, that, that we're a part of, that we know so many people here that have been supportive of, of us. We're having a baby in May, and so that complicates things, and that's not exciting to to leave in the middle of a pregnancy and go to a place that we don't know a doctor, we don't know the hospitals, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know, all these different things and many other reasons like how much work moving is after you've been in one place for 10 years. There's so many reasons, God. And maybe in some way I, I felt like Moses a little bit. Suppose I go, God. Suppose I go. But on December 2nd through the 4th, we are invited over for our visit. And so we go over and we began to realize that this was the perfect fit for our family. And that puts me working right in the area of my gifting. And I've had many people over the last several years ask me the question or even suggest, you know, when are you going to become a senior minister? When are you going to be preaching full time? And as I've thought and prayed about that, there's just been a part of me that's been unsure of my readiness just yet. And a, just a feeling of needing an additional ministry context to really feel confident in what God's called me to do. It's probably down the road, but it's not yet. So one of the biggest things is Trina and I went over there December 2nd through the 4th. One of the things that we talked about the whole time in this whole process was that no matter what, we wanted God to just unify us. That if this was going to be the right decision, that we would both know and both feel called. Because if I felt called and she didn't, that, that, that could be disastrous for our relationship moving forward. And if she felt called and I didn't, well, that would just be weird because it's my job. <laughs> and so we just asked that God would just put us in a place of unity, that God would, would give us just a unifying spirit. And after going through about half the interviews, we both looked at each other with disbelief and realized that this, this is from God. And this is where he's leading us. 
So on December 4, we came home, we debriefed, we just continued to pray that God would lead us in the right direction and that he would make it so apparent. And by December 6th, we had an offer for the job, and by the 8th, we had accepted. By December 12th, thankfully, because we had thought about selling our house before, our house was somewhat ready to go on the market. And so December 12th, our house went on the market. And as we began to think about what needed to happen, as we thought about this transition of what needed to happen for us to to be able to all move there together at the same time from my start date of January 30, we realized that we were going to need to sell our house by December 15th, three days after we listed. At least have it under contract so that it would have time to close, so that we could close on another house. And it was, all these things had to fall in line, fall in order just so. And so we sent out texts asking people to pray that our house would sell by December 15th. We knew it was a huge prayer. We knew that we, we wanted to, to just be there together as a family. And if that was God's will, that he would just make it known. And so we prayed an expectant, large prayer And on December 15th, we signed a contract for our house. Another just incredible answer to our prayer that God was sending us in this direction. That weekend, we were able to to go look at houses, and we found one that was flexible on the move-in date, and we went under contract with that house on December 20th. And then on to the packing journey. And so we are thinking, okay, when can we close on this house here and when we're going to move here and thinking my last day was going to be last Sunday. And so we were like, well, this next week would be the perfect week to move. And so we were kind of praying for that, but God knew my back was going to go out. And so our, our closing date actually isn't until next week. So just the whole process, we knew that God was behind it that God was undeniably showing us that that's where we needed to go. But enough about me. What about you guys? What's your calling? How do you figure out what your calling is? Now, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if if you've not committed to, to living a life for God, And that's it. That's your calling right now. God has been pursuing you just like he sent Jonah to the Ninevites. God wants a relationship with you. And he wants you to follow him. Do you hear the pursuit in in the way that God was just talking in in Jonah chapter 3? God was just wanting them to be in relationship with him. And he wants the same for you. If you've not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, that's what God's calling you to do. But what if you're a new believer all the way to a long-time believer of Jesus? What's he calling you to? I think the, the best thing that I can tell you is to look for God to identify your purpose and your passions in your life. The, the, the areas that God has gifted you, he wants to use those things for his kingdom. He wants to, to use you for something bigger. 
What is God calling you to do that lends itself to a pursuit or a need in God's kingdom? What part of ministry is God calling you to? And for some of you, probably not very many, but some of you, you might need to move. Maybe God is calling you to do something big, something drastic, something that's way outside of your comfort zone. But for some, for some it means that you just need to befriend somebody that doesn't have a friend. Someone in your workplace or in the store that you see, someone who needs to know Jesus needs you to be a relationship in their life that can speak Jesus into their life. For some of you, that might mean that God is going to raise you up to do something hugely crazy, that people might think that's totally outside of, of, of what I ever thought. How radical. Maybe even something like a youth center in Clinton, Illinois. Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't it be crazy if God had put that on your heart a long time ago? It's just crazy when, when you listen and you think about the things that God has gifted you in and your purposes and your passions, how God can use those things for his kingdom. Sometimes when you're talking about it, when you're talking about God's, God's will, God's calling for your life, though, it seems kind of scary. Sometimes it even seems bad initially, like not exciting at all. But I will tell you that it is the best right ever to follow God's calling on your life. When he can put you where he wants you, he's going to put you in a place that uses your gifting, uses your skills, uses your passion for his glory. Now, having God answer some of our prayers in this whole process has only emboldened us to be more, more faithful, to ask God for bigger and better things, not for our glory, but for his glory. And in the process, we get to be along for the ride of what God is doing in our lives. And I would just encourage you, I would encourage you to step out in faith and to do those things that God is calling you to do. At times, I, I think about how scary it is. I'm going to be moving to a new city. I hardly know anyone. We have to figure out the, the, the town. It's, it's, much larger than it's much larger of a city than I've ever lived in before. It's farther away from everybody I know and just all these different things. And then stepping into this job and, and not knowing exactly how these skills are going to be. But then I realized... Then I realize, at the moment I start to psych myself out, I realize that the creator of the world has called me to this place. And he will give me the tools that I need to carry it through. And the same is true for you guys. That wherever God is calling you to, build, to go, to do, to act, that he will give you the tools that you need to carry it out for his kingdom and for his glory. If you're scared, I know when, when talking about God's calling, I know many people have said, I don't, want to, I don't want God to call me to be a missionary in Africa. That's a very scary thing. 
But I would just say he would only call you there because he knows your gifts, he knows your passions, he knows your pursuits, and he wants to use them there for his glory. But for most of you, he's not calling you to Africa. Most of you, he's calling you to be right here, right here in Clinton, making a difference. My final word to you all is, follow so hard after Jesus that you can't help but hear his calling in your life to do big things for the kingdom of God. Thanks so much for letting me serve here and be on staff for the last 10 years. I'll miss you all very much. Let me pray. Father, just thank you. Thank you for the way that you've called us all to be here. God, to act and do big things for your name and for your kingdom, not for our own will. God, let us not mistake our our calling to be for our glory, but to be for your glory. Father, we are just so grateful for your grace, for your mercy, for your willingness to use broken, flawed people like us to tell others about Jesus. God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We express your appreciation to Adam for that message. Thank you very much, Adam. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>